This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Oh my gosh. Well, so every year we journalists in the automotive world, uh, we go to these big auto shows in major cities, New York, Detroit, Chicago, Los Angeles, so on and so forth. You know, it's like, it's fun. Yes, it's fun. There's lots of worldwide debuts and national debuts of the newest cars. And normally, the uh, I think it's called the North American International Auto Show in Detroit. The, uh, the big Detroit auto show is in January. This year, they decided to do it uh, like last week. Don't ask me why. They moved it. But, you know, who wants to go to Detroit in January anyway? But Carl Brower, who is with iccars.com, he's an executive analyst. He's, a, he's on the North American Car and Truck of the Year. He's a juror and a board member. He's also on the World Car of the Year. He's on the World Most Handsome Man of the Year category jury. I, I don't know. He's, he's got a lot of things going on. But anyway, I did not go because I thought it was going to be, we could call it a shiznit show, if you know what I'm saying. Carl sends me a note the disaster that was the Detroit Auto Show. <laughs> so that's what we're going to It was bad, huh? I mean, first of all, look at these poor automakers. Let's just go this way. They're completely screwed right now. They've got chip problems. And, you know, listen, when you're watching a football game and you got chip problems, you know you're in trouble. When you're building cars and you got chip problems, it's a whole other story. But anyway, so, I mean, there are cars laying all over the place with stuff that doesn't work because the uh, semiconductor chips are being held up for whatever reason in different countries and God knows where and what. But, you know, the world is in a complete funk right now, F-U-N-K. And so I feel kind of bad for the automakers, but the Detroit Auto Show is kind of a, uh, how do I say this, Carl? And you can add to it. It's a group of, I think the auto dealers put it on, the Auto Dealer Association, don't they? Yeah, DADA, Detroit Auto Dealers Association. Right. So this has nothing to do with the, you know, tiny little violin playing in the background, the poor auto manufacturers. This is the dealers themselves that put it on. And so what you're saying is a lot of people didn't go because I a lot of my friends said, you going, you going, you going. I'm like, nah, I'm going fishing was what I did, actually. And so <laughs> it was a disaster. So tell me what happened. <laughs> Well, I'm just telling you right now, okay, you know, there's Irwin Allen, right? You yeah. know, the Poseidon Adventure, the Towering Inferno, the Swarm. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Irwin, the Darwin Awards. Oh, that's what, oh, that's what I was thinking, but go ahead. <laughs> no, no, Irwin Allen, he did yeah. all the disaster movies right. in the 70s. He was known for them and all, you know? Yeah. Well, he's working on his next disaster movie, okay? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> he was inspired last week in Detroit. Oh, no, um I mean, I want to say I feel a little bad saying this because you know, DADA, they work with us on NACDO, North American Car and Truck of the Year people and people who run it and all that. And we work with them and all that. But 
I don't really feel bad because this is self-inflicted wounds to a large extent. Yeah. You were just talking about how all these companies are under pressure. You're right. That's the car companies. That's not the auto show company that's running this show. Right. So they definitely had bad circumstances dealt to them, right? They had their last show in January of 20, I think it was 2018, because 2019 they were going to, sorry, it was January of 2019. And then the next one was going to be in June of 2020. They decided to get out of the, the dead of winter in Detroit because they realized like you said, nobody wants to be there. So it's supposed to be June of 2020. Well, you can remember a lot of things scheduled in June of 2020 didn't happen, Alan, for right. some obvious reasons. Yeah. So then they were going to try to do it the following summer, 21, and it didn't happen again for various reasons. Ugh. And so this show that just happened last week was the first Detroit Auto Show in September of 2022 since January of 2019. We are approaching four years. It's been, uh, sorry, three years. It's in, what is it, my math? Well, your math yeah. is, yeah, is, is, what grade did you? Three and a oh, half years. Right. <laughs> three and a half years. That's right. <laughs> so, so three and a half years. So you would think that they're going to be dotting their I's and right. crossing their T's to right. get this thing right. Right. And, yeah, instead you go in there and first there's only four automakers that participated, Alan. Oh, uh, the big oh three. Oh, my gosh. And, and Toyota. The big three in Toyota. Now, you've been to the show enough to know that oh. floor used to be crowded with beautiful show stands. Now there's four general automakers. There. Cars on carpet. All right, hold tight. They're telling me take a break. They're like, you guys need to take a break so you can really unload <laughs> on the Detroit Auto Show. Anyway, but there was some good news and some stuff unveiled. Carl Brower is going to bring it to us. Carl, thank you. I'm glad you went and not me. It is The Drive. Stay with us. Getting a new ride is fun. Shopping online for a new car? Not so much. Stop doing the same car search over and over again on multiple sites and try Autotempest.com. See all the cars with one easy search. Our powerful search engine scours all the top car shopping sites, giving you instant results so you can easily browse all the listings with one search. Whether a dream ride, a family hauler, or a work truck, let us help you find your next ride. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Yeah! Oh, boy. Yes, well, the Detroit Auto Show... Uh, we're talking about it. Normally a very, very big deal. I mean, come on. The big three, Motor City. And uh, normally it's a huge auto show. So this is this is sad. I mean, Carl Brower joining us from iccars.com. It really is sad. I have friends there that I wanted to go visit and stay with. I would have liked to have seen, you know, you, Carl, and all the other uh, journalists that are at the Detroit Auto Show. But... I I just thought, you know what? I have a feeling this is not going to work really well. I, I just, I had that feeling and I ran with it. Yeah, well, you were right. And uh, it was definitely something better to witness from afar as you did. But, you know, <laughs> let's get into some of the details here. Like I said, there was not a lot of product news or even product participation. You know, most of the journalists at the end of the uh, experience were bowing down and, and paying homage to Ford because they salvaged the entire trip to Detroit for most people because the new Mustang debuted 
and they did their own thing. It really wasn't even at the show. It was on their own turf a few blocks away. They had this huge thing. They brought in a bunch of existing Mustang owners and Mustangs. Yeah, what they call it, the Stampede or something? Yeah. Across the country. Thousand thousand Mustangs. Yeah, they had a thousand Mustangs on hand with all these people that owned them and all these fans and a bunch of people from Flint, Michigan, where Flat Rock, where it's built. I should say Flat Rock, where the thing's built. And so there was this very enthusiastic crowd seeing a very cool new version of the Mustang. And that felt like the energy that you want to see multiple times when you go to these shows. And you used to see multiple times when you go to these shows. It was the sole beacon of automotive excitement basically for the week. And, you know, I used to make fun of shows like the Houston auto show and the Miami auto show and the Washington DC auto show. They were like not even second, I would call second tier auto shows like Chicago and they were like third tier, but they, you know, I'd make fun of them because I'd call them the trim auto shows. You know, you, you know, we have a new, a new, uh, you know, trail boss trim of our car, <laughs> right. of our truck. And right. that's what you'd see, but you wouldn't see brand new redesigned cars or cool concepts at those shows. Right. Well, that's kind of how Detroit felt this year, Alan. It was like, you know, Hey, we've got a new version of a Jeep. You know, we've got a new version of this. We've got a new version of that, you know? Wow. So there really oh, wasn't boy. a lot to report, but again, I still haven't gotten to the worst parts. Okay. Oh no, but, it's good. It goes, I thought we were on our way up. I thought we had bottomed out no, and no, we were no. a new we're, Mustang we're, coming up. We're still sinking. Oh, no, no. No, no. The submarine oh, no. is still sinking. Don't the tell me they had a, a, a stampede like they did back in, I don't know, 20, I don't know, was it 2012 when they let all the cows and, and the bulls and the cows where they were trying to do like a, a, a complete stampede thing and it got out of control and then the, the bulls were trying to mate with the cows in the middle of the road. <laughs> I mean, do you remember that? It was a disaster, but tell me, what, oh, what, what, Howard, what could be Howard, worse? I would have jumped for joy at an attempted high-profile debacle <laughs> like that because, again, that would have been energy at least. Oh. But, no, so the show floor is pretty, you know, subdued would be the nice way to put it. Right. You've got carpet and a couple big pieces of cardboard with emblems on them, you know, but no multi-story, you know, sweeping oh, show man. stands like you used to have that right. you remember well. You know, oh, the entire yeah. corner of General Motors was just amazing. But then you had the real you know, literal and figurative political kind of bomb that went on. Oh, Biden came. Joe Biden. (laughs) Again, Alan, show hasn't happened for three and a half years. There's not enough stuff for more than one media day. It used to be two and a half media days for Detroit. It's one media day. The one media day for the entire show, three and a half years after it's been put on, they get one day to do this. And the show runners, the guys who organize the show, and this is where all my feelings of uh, doubt or despair about them fly out the window and it just becomes anger. They bring in the president of the United States right in the middle of the main media show day, meaning all the media had to get kicked off the show floor at 1045 a.m. and told that they could come back in a while but weren't sure exactly when. And you can guess how many people never went back. Yeah. I was one of them. Oh, my gosh. I also heard the lines because of the... Security. Security were like insane. And I was watching some of that online. This is so sad because the auto industry is so much fun. It really is. And especially, look, thank goodness, like you said, I know a little bit about the Mustang because everybody is now, you know, posting like crazy since they showed it at the auto show last week there. But, and let's get to that in the next segment. But, you know, when I don't, See, fun, I don't want to go. I'll let you go and you can report on it, you know? I just want to go when yeah. it's fun. I'm kind of a, I'm, I'm selfish like that. 
You know? Well, and they used to be able to count on that. If you went to the auto show, you would have fun. Right, so right. Uh, you wouldn't wait in lines for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour and a half. I oh. think for some of the people that tried to go back after the after uh, you were allowed to come back in, I never oh. even went back. And what thank God, because all I heard from people who did was, you know how bad the lines were this morning? Yeah. They were twice as bad three times this afternoon. Well, all right, hold tight. We're going to take another break. And then you can tell us about the one highlight, which would have been the 2024 Mustang that is evidently off the hook. We'll be right back. Why should you trust Brembo Brakes? Because 60 years of racing, testing, braking, and bettering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels, and that kid chasing the lost ball. Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety, and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit buybrimbo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. So the disaster that was the New York, oh, I'm sorry, the Detroit International Auto Show. I'm sure New York's going to be weird too, but uh, that's not till next year, so we won't complain about that. But everything's weird. Everything in the world is weird right now. And joining us to talk about all the weird stuff, except the new Mustang, evidently not weird, is a Carl Brower executive analyst at iccars.com. He's on the board, and he's a juror for the North American Car and Truck of the Year and SUV and all that. And he writes uh, for Forbes. He's a contributor there. And uh, you can find him in his own site, carlbrower.com, not to mention the iccars.com site. So, Carl, let us get into this 24 Mustang. Um, I, when I saw the front of it, I thought, oh, my gosh, it looks like a Dodge Charger. I was like, and then I had to double take. There's some similarities. If just looking at it, of course, now I didn't see it in person. I just saw photos. And then I, I saw a different angle and I went, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a Mustang. But they made it a little more, here's a word from the past, geomechanically designed. You know, the thing about the Mustang for me is it had really beautiful lines. And I, I feel like it's getting a little too sharp. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it any better than that. But what do you think? What about the design? It's all in the phrasing, Alan. The term you're supposed to be using, according to all the Ford people that were at the event, is chiseled. Oh, chiseled, chiseled Alan. <laughs> okay, there you go. You mean <laughs> what I'm? What I? I'm actually that guy trying to have that chiseled look, but I've kind of got the Pillsbury dough chiseled look going on. You know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it does look a yeah. little chiseled, I guess, if you want to call it that. It, it, it does. It's definitely got stronger body lines, and they were happy to admit to that during the uh, introduction of the vehicle. And some people, by the way, it's funny you said Charger. Other people are saying that from certain angles like profile and, and front three quarters, they see Camaro well, because they right. feel like that rear haunch thing yep. is, is more yep. close to Camaro. I was going to say, oddly enough, they're trying to create a car that bridges the gap from Charger to Mustang to Camaro. So it's still got the Mustang doors, but the front's a Charger and the back's a Camaro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of, and I can see what they're saying there, but right. you know, it sounds like it's going to be exciting. It's going to be the most powerful V8 engine that it's ever had, just even in the GT. Mm. And now there's this brand new first all new performance nameplate version of a Mustang in, I think it was, they said over two decades, three decades, whatever wow. called the dark horse. And it's kind of a cool name. 
And I like it because it's kind of got, you know, I mean, to me, one of the coolest things you, you had one too about the Dodge Demon was this kind of like, you know, bad, you know, dark forces of energy that were really behind the whole psyche and the whole vibe that the car gave off with the Demon. Right. And I, I, in my mind, they're clearly going after that same thing. I think the Demon inspired Ford for the Dark Horse. But it's a good effect. It looks cool. The emblem for the car, which is a front-facing, and that's what they were saying. It's like, this is the first time we've ever done a head-on Mustang. Mustang's always the profile, as we all know. You see it's you know, galloping along from the side. It's the first time that the emblem that officially represents the car is a head-on shot of the horse. So. Right, right. Very interesting. So horsepower, you talked about, did they give you a horsepower number of what it'll be? You know, that's always being certified, so they're always, you know, hesitant to give that until they really know it anyways. I think right. we're still pretty far out. Remember, this is the 24 version. But they said it would be more powerful. The V8 GT version that they've had forever will be the most powerful version. That'll be, you know, with just the base V8 once you get the GT. And then the Dark Horse one, they said, is 500. Mm. So you're going to assume that if the Dark Horse is 500 and the current GT, I think, is around 450, then I, I would assume the new GT will be 460, 475, 480, somewhere in there. Well, and then but, Shelby yeah. is going to get a hold of it and do their thing. And, you know, my guess is we're going to oh, see, you know, eight, 900 horsepower, 1,000 horsepower out of these things. You know? They'll be spinning off versions of this thing for the next five years after it comes out, as you know. And it'll work, too, because I yeah. always say, you know, guys like us were Pavlovian dogs. You know, as soon as they start putting badges on it that say Boss and Shelby, we're just like, oh, ah, ah, I want one, you know. <laughs> right. so, so that's what they'll do. Oh, well. But it's not till 2024, which means about this time next year. So it's a year out is what my guess is. That's what I heard from yeah. Ford. Yeah, like summer. We'll start right. seeing stuff in the summer, certainly whether it's press trips only or actual cars on lots. But by next summer, they'll be real in the metal cars, as they say, out there driving. Now, what are they going to do with the electric version of that thing? You know, they, what are they calling that? I try to forget it. I take it out of my memory. I emptied the, the trash. Mach-E. The oh, Mustang Mach-E. Yeah. yeah, the monkey. Right, well, the this- monkey. This is important, Alan. and this is, I think, the thing that we didn't touch on smoothly, but we got to mention it. No hybrid, no electric version of this new Mustang Coupe. Mm, and Ford's, good for Ford's I think, justification or explanation of that is we have something that already has a Mustang name on it that has pure electricity. It's right. called the Mach-E. And if that's the game they want to play, if they want to say the Mach-E, a four-door SUV, is their electric Mustang, and this traditional two-door Coupe one doesn't have to be electric at all, love it. Yeah. Great. Perfect. This Don't may be... Yeah, don't exactly. Yeah. This may be the saving grace for uh for Ford is that they're still going to keep a toe in the water. Like here's what's funny. Yeah. Dodge, you know, comes out with their um synthesized sound, which I thought kind of sounded cool for their electric muscle car, where Ford is like <laughs> these guys are zigging and zagging back and forth. And now they're making, you know, a real muscle car again, which is fantastic. Maybe Maybe Dodge will yeah, bring, think, bring an answer. I think to Ford's going to benefit, Alan, yeah. because all the people who are just not ready for any form of electrification of their traditional American iconic uh, performance names, all that's going to be left for them is the Mustang after the last year of the Challenger and the Charger. And okay. The Camaro's been dying for years. Where are we going to see a story on this? Uh, you can go to Forbes and you can see my coverage of the uh, new Mustang. Okay. Forbes contributor, uh, Carl Brower. Uh, Carl, I want you to do me a favor and do one more segment and talk to us about this uh, Hyundai Genesis G90 uh, that you have with you right now, and you're calling it a pretty schmancy car. Uh, you're listening to the, the Drive, and Carl Brower and I will be right back. Stay with us. The word no 
Endeavor carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Our show brought to you in part by Dodge Domestic, not domesticated. Uh, very interesting to see what these automakers are doing right now. Carl Brower, automotive industry analyst, joining us. ICcars.com, carlbrower.com. And you can find his uh, coverage of the Detroit Auto Show at the uh, Forbes website. He's a Forbes contributor for autos, Forbes Autos. Uh, Carl, um, you have in your uh, sweaty, greasy little hands a uh, Hyundai Genesis G90. I'm curious what you think about it because this car is a kind of a flagship car for Hyundai. You know, Hyundai, it's a Korean car company, and they have this now, like Toyota has Lexus, Nissan has Infiniti, Hyundai has Genesis. But this car company kind of shot out of the can and has gone straight up since it was born, I think. What do you think? It has. Genesis has been very successful. And, you know, when they first were introduced as a brand, one of their trademark circumstances that people were like, what are you doing? Was a lack of SUVs. They had no SUVs. All right. they had were sedans. And it was like, guys, people knew SUVs were popular five years before this brand came out. How could you launch without an SUV? Well, they did. But even the sedans in a non-particularly sedan-friendly world did relatively well sales-wise. And then in the last like two or three years, all their SUVs have started to hit and they've done extremely well and have won awards and done great numbers in terms of volume. So, you know, there's no getting around the Korean automakers level of success, Kia and their ratings with JD power, which is part of the Hyundai motor company worldwide, you know, automotive empire, whatever you want to call it. Right. Hyundai with their base brand, you know, their, their volume brand that's done well. And now the Genesis premium brand out of Hyundai, they just are successful. And one of the reasons they're successful among many is that they offer, even in the premium brand, the same value equation they offer in their volume brands. They price their vehicles considerably less than the equivalent vehicles from Europe or America while offering as much or more content in the vehicles at that lower price. And they're also pretty. You know, they were smart. They got uh, Peter Schreier, I believe is how you say his name. Right. He was a former German designer from Audi, first Hyundai brought, yeah. from Audi right, right, right. Right, right? And first Kia brought him in and he started destroying, you know, the Kia uh, sense of like, you know, these are like, you know, low cars and all that and made them start to look very premium. This is over 10 years ago and all the Kias have looked beautiful for over a decade. After a while, Hyundai, the parent company that's above Kia in the hierarchy of the company said, yeah, yeah, that's a, that was a good idea, guys. You guys were smart. We're taking Peter. He's coming over here now. They were getting sick of being upstaged by their, you know, basically younger brother within the hierarchy right. of the company. And he started doing Hyundais. And of course, he did Genesis. And I got to tell you, the Genesis cars particularly, they just held nothing back as they should for that kind of a car. They're beautiful. I'm looking at it right now in my window as I stand here. This G90 looks good. The G80 looks good. The GV70 and the GV90, the, the SUV, GV80 they've got. 
everything looks great from Genesis because Peter is doing his magic in these premium vehicles. So, and so again, just, he's got Audi's background, like you said. Right, and you can see it in the GV is the SUV, and the, just the single yep. letter there, G, is a sedan, right? Yeah, and the 90, the G90 I've got is the S-Class 7 Series A8 competitor for all uh, the top-end okay. so German yeah, sedans. That's what I thought. Now, how much money was it? Just curious, because if you said it was an S-Class competitor, those start in the, what do they start in the high 60s and go on up over 100 easy? No, the S-Class is, I think, over 100 now for the cheapest one. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. The See, I, honestly, like I could I, I could care less, but I remember when they were in the, you know, 68, 69,000 for one that was, you know, what do they say? It's a Mercedes. It's pretty nicely equipped. But so even, they don't even make a, well, yeah, but a lot has changed with Mercedes Benz. They're yeah, even, no, I've got the number right here. Yeah. Starting price for a new S Class, $112,000. Oh, starting. my gosh. What happened? Yes. What yeah. happened? Oh, you don't look for a couple of years because I honestly haven't even paid attention. And man, oh man, they have really, but they've also eliminated some of their little cars, right? Mercedes, they're just going full premium. Well, a lot of companies have done that because of the price and everything. A lot right. of companies have eliminated their lower cost cars. And then within model lines, Alan, you probably noticed they eliminated their base models. You're right. Because they basically are like, look, we've only got so much capacity with this supply chain issue. There you, you go. Talked about. There you go. So if we can only build half as many cars as we used to build, why would we build the base so ones when we bizarre. make more profit on the premium ones? And people are buying them because they can't get any new cars. So if there's a new car out there, they buy it no matter what it costs because that's the only car on the lot because there's so few cars. So if we're only going to sell a certain amount of cars and we're going to sell every one we build, let's make the more expensive one. I would say I haven't driven a Mercedes in probably two years, a test car, because there just hasn't yeah. been many available. And listen, everybody, it's like kind of musical chairs. I mean, like you said, the, the Audi designer who did beautiful work at Audi is over now at Hyundai and Genesis and Kia and th that group. And all of a sudden, wow. There's a car company that you wouldn't even, you know, snub your nose at back in the, uh, I don't know, early 90s, Hyundai or Kia or whenever they came out. I remember thinking, honest to God, I wanted a wrecking yard for Hyundai when it first came to America because I thought these are going to be such pieces of garbage that everybody's going to need to buy parts and they aren't going to want to buy them new. So I started a Hyundai wrecking yard and oddly enough. I had to add Subaru and Honda and other car companies to it because it, it wasn't working. The cars were actually halfway decent, and they continue to get right. better and better and better and better, and here we have this. But how much is this G90? Starts at right at $90,000. Oh, my God. So it's right. So that's, yeah, that's, wow. that's $22,000 less than I know, I get it, now, I know, but it's all still now the freaking seven, me out. the 7 Series... The 7 Series and the A8, they're right at the same basic price point, but they don't have that kind of content at that price. You, know, right. you buy the base 7 Series and you go buy this G90 at base G90 at the entry level, you're going to end up with a lot more content. And then so if you go bizarre. for the supercharged version, it's 10 more. It's $99,000 for the G90. But that's got you know 406 horsepower, and it's got all these extra things. It's, it's got a supercharger under it, 409 horsepower, mm. and a 48-volt hybrid system. So it's fast. And it's got like a chauffeur thing. I mean, Alan in the back seat, the little Ottoman thing comes up when you right. recline the back seat to lift your feet up and all that. So, so full premium. It's got fragrances that it'll emit, big touch screen. <laughs> it's luxury. It's luxury. The fragrances that it emits. You know, it's like yep. full on, what is it? Who was it? Uh, Lincoln says their car is a sanctuary, which I yeah. get it. If you got that much money, me, I'm driving a Jeep. All I smell is horse poo. You know, and, and a little cow poo, you know. Anyway, 
Uh, where will you uh, be writing a story on this one? Uh, this one I'll probably do for Forbes, too. Okay. Uh, Test drives over at Forbes. He's an uh, executive analyst at iccars.com. You can find Carl and everything he's into at carlbrower.com. Carl, thank you. Hey, fun being on as always with you, Alan. Sad about uh, Detroit Auto Show with its, well, but you know what? There's always next year. All right, we'll take a break and talk to uh, a dear friend of mine coming up next. He was the president of Brembo Brakes. Now he's, uh, He's, he's just a car guy. I love that. Now we get to hear what he really thinks. It is The Drive. We'll be right back. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. Discover the 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability. Plus, a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com wilderness. It is the drive all across America and around the world. Talking about cars, the car business, what's new, what's not, what's good, what's bad. At least in my opinion. Uh, Mine and Dan Sandberg. The guy used to be the president and CEO of Brembo Brakes, Brembo North America. Now just all he is is his business card says Alan Taylor's friend. There you go. <laughs> what else do I need? <laughs> it's the it's like the uh, get out of jail free card. <laughs> Although they won't take it in payment. <laughs> there you go. That's for sure. <laughs> so I, I've tried yeah. a couple times, and I was just at Ace Hardware just a couple seconds ago. Yeah, they wouldn't take. And you. I gave them the Alan Taylor card, and and actually they had me escorted out. So oh, see, well, that's what I happened. I know you're building that big garage, so I don't know if you did something there. The, the best thing to do, by the way, Dan, mm-hmm. is if you go to a restaurant. Give the girl the card upside down so she can't see that it's your Home Depot card. And she'll come back and she'll say, oh, I'm sorry. We don't take this one. What am I supposed to pay with then? It's like I love messing with these poor waitresses like that, you know. You're going to take your you're going to take your life into your own hands these days. Well, listen, where you live, maybe so, but not where I live. They laugh. Uh, Okay, first of all, laugh as long as you tip them. That's true. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask you because the last time we talked, you were telling me how you were going to go to the Detroit Auto Show as part of the stampede, which Ford did this thing that started, I don't know where it started on the West coast and it came all the way across all the way to the Detroit auto show. And you were in kind of the last leg of it where Mustangs, Mustangs, Mustangs coming across the country in this thing called the stampede. You have a GT 500, a really nice red one. And so give us your experience on that. That had to no, be No, it was really cool. I mean, it was uh, – I met up, as you said, in the last leg. So all these cars that had made it from – people did different segments all the way through the country. But there were a few who had started on the West Coast and had made it all the way to Ford headquarters. What do we call the glass house over in Dearborn? And at about, I don't know, 3, 3.30 in the afternoon, all of these guys congregated in the parking lots around Ford headquarters. You registered. And there were fields of Mustangs. I've never seen so wow. many Mustangs, to be honest with you. Yeah. I dropped some in on my Facebook page. I think you saw some of those. Yeah, yeah. And it was uh, it was amazing. There were over a thousand 
Mustangs. Golly, that must have been fun. And <laughs> all types, Mach 1s to 67, you know, Mustangs. And I was on the phone with uh, Mike Messina, the Brembo racing guy who's yeah. really into Mustangs. And I was telling him what the cars look like. And he was telling me, for example, I was looking at 67 Mustangs. He said, are there any side markers on the side fenders? I said, no, they're 67s. Yeah. You know, well, so, that's you know. what it gets down to the minutia with things like that. Okay, so you... Have a, what is it, a 2020? 2021. 2020. 2020. GT500. Yep, and you have kind of the carbon edition. You have, you have a really nice one. I mean, it's a beautiful machine. The, I have a one of one oh because boy. it not only has the carbon package, which is, you know, some carbon interior stuff, the carbon wing, carbon wheels, which Ooh. are very, very unusual. And expensive. <laughs> uh, but it also has Brembo carbon brakes. The actual brakes themselves are carbon ceramic, actually BSCCB, which is uh, very similar to the Porsche carbon that they use. So well, things are like twenty thousand bucks. Well, you know, it was it's a long story on that, and we are starting to look at. Uh, I guess uh, Brembo is going to be doing some kits, hopefully, for an add-on. You know, a little bit of an upgrade. Right. Uh, but I'll tell you, the brakes are you know through the windshield. I like to say, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and you know what that means. Uh, yeah, definitely. Okay, so with all that said, you just kind of gave your credentials of being a Mustang guy, a performance guy. In the manufacturing world, you're a brake guy, okay? So now that you retired from that, you are back into being really an enthusiast at this point, okay? And so what I want to know, I want to know what you thought of the 2024 Mustang that they showed to the world there, because I heard Carl Brower's point of view. He's he's a journalist and all the rest, and we're very cynical. But what did you think of it? Did he give you a cynical response? Well, I, want to, I don't even want to know what he said. But I'll tell you what exactly, I'll say. Yes. I liked, you know, they took out some of the sharper corners, if you will, I thought, on the design. Really? Because um, they said it was chiseled. But go ahead, continue. Well, I don't know. I I didn't see a whole hell of a lot of difference. What I did see was a very interesting, I don't know, change in the front headlights, which to me looks a lot like Camaro. Oh, uh, they removed the vertical, you know, the vertical three lights, right. which was kind of symbolic. And now they have the three horizontal lines over the lights. Yeah. So what I said I is when I saw one angle of it, I thought, Oh my gosh, they've made a mistake because there were people standing to where all you could see was kind of a, um, a, a, a I don't know, like a front with a down the side of the fender. And then there was somebody standing next to the fender and there was somebody standing next to the other headlight. So I only saw like a front quarter section of the front and I went, oh my gosh, wrong photo. That's a Dodge Charger. And then... I continued okay. scrolling, and somebody else put a picture of the same car that I could see down the side. I went, no, it's not. Oh, no. And then, so now the other thing is that they're saying the back end of it looks a little bit like a Camaro, you know, no, no, the no, quarter panel. I know, but it's, here's the funny thing. You're saying the opposite. You're saying the front end looks a little Camaro-ish. So I don't know. I think that... Uh, this is a weird one, man. This is a really weird one. Hold tight. We're going to take another break here. This this whole thing with the uh, 2024 Mustang was evidently the highlight of the Detroit Auto Show. I'm going to ask Dan on the other side. Dan Sandberg, former president and CEO of Brembo North America. Uh, two views from what Carl Brower called it, the disaster that was the Detroit Auto Show. We'll be right back. Like seven inches from the midday sun. 
Shopping for cars online is slow. Checking all those different sites one by one, Auto Tempest doesn't like slow. That's why we sponsor NASCAR driver Chris Busher in the number 17 Ford Mustang. It's also why we created a powerful search engine that will scour all the top car shopping sites, letting you search used car listings from across the internet in one search. Why waste time searching each site separately? Use Auto Tempest instead. Find all the cars. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. And I'm talking to my buddy, Dan Sandberg, former president and CEO of Brembo Brakes North America. We worked together for, I don't know, almost a couple decades. 20 plus, 20 plus. Has that been, it's like, what happened to time? It just, it's like, it's going so fast. Look I don't at, know. It's unbelievable. I look uh, at my silver head and your tall forehead. And I, <laughs> I think to myself, we're getting old. But you know, we're still a hair that's on the top of we're still a couple of young punks. Okay, so Dan Sandberg, you were at the Detroit Auto Show. Besides the Mustang, mm-hmm. was there anything else worth talking about? I mean, because Carl, you know, a lot, a lot of electrics. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I think you and I have talked about Tesla, and you know that they're coming. They can't make anything. You know, you see all these. <laughs> All these articles that are being written about where are the cars, you know, because of the supply shortages. There is a lot. And I thought it was interesting. Was it Car and Driver that had the car of the year, which was an electric, which was not a Tesla. It was a Hyundai, I think, or a Kia or something like that. Uh, And it was their electric version, which I thought was really kind of interesting. Right. Well, Uh, and, and you say Tesla. It's Tesla. At least that's what I've heard. So I don't know. Nikolai Tesla. But everybody has their street. Listen, I don't know where you're from. Where are you from? Australia? Where? What do you got? Weird I accent. Know, Alan Tyler. Alan <laughs> Tyler. I would never see you driving a Tesla. If if I did, I'd you know it would be a bad situation. Maybe a Taycan, but maybe not a Tesla. Taycan, Taycan. No, it is Taycan. You're right. That's the Porsche. So, um, but but you you're not an electric car guy, are you? Uh, not really. Although yeah. I have a Rivian on order. Yeah, you said that, but it's. And I'm know. I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah, I do have access to a store. I can actually get my. I could get a Rivian in the next six weeks or less. Okay, so it's, you know it's store shelf. Yeah, right. But it ain't gonna happen. You know what's going on in Los Angeles, or I should say, California, the whole state. With, you know, the the rolling brownouts and all the different problems and don't charge your car, so on and so forth. But what about where you live? And and you're in in Michigan. How is it there? Do you hear anything like that? No, not really. That's just a California. Power is is a plenty here. We have uh, a couple of nuclear power plants and, uh, you know, the rest. uh, We've got some solar. We have some water-driven. We have some wind-driven electricity here. And uh, I, I still believe at the end of the day, they're going to have to invest in new power yeah. uh, infrastructure. And that's going to be costly. Mm. What about Brembo? I mean, as you walked out the door, and you you don't have to share this if you can't, but were they looking at the changing of the guards, you might say, with the auto industry from internal combustion to electric, you know, and, and the braking, the different types of braking systems that have to be available. And were you guys, you know, at Brembo at the time, were you gearing up for this 
tsunami of electric cars that are supposedly coming? I think the good thing for us, uh, for Brembo, I keep saying for us because you've been there 20 years, you can say things like that. Uh, But uh, I think the good thing for Brembo and the other brake manufacturers is these cars are still going to need brakes. Yeah. So, you know, that's not going to go away. But when I talk about brakes and I, you know, I've been more quiet, I think, when I was with Brembo at the time. But, you know, my feeling on brakes in general is brakes will be synonymous with the word half. All right. You need half the braking power. So you'll probably end up with maybe only front brakes. You have uh, half, you know, the uh, need to replace those brakes. You're going to have brake systems that are going to last over 100,000 miles. So and you're going to probably cut down uh, maybe half or less of the aftermarket because you won't need all these aftermarket brakes. So right. it will wow. affect the brake industry. Wow. Uh, but it will probably be, uh, you're still going to need brakes. So. Well- so to give people a better window into why you only need half the braking power, because these cars have like regenerative braking, which then does part of the braking for the car. Yeah, and it's really it's a deceptive term when you say regen braking because it's not the brakes aren't doing anything in that case. It's engine braking. Right, what's happening. right, right. So the motors themselves that are driving the car, it's like you take your foot off the pedal. And there's a drag, if you will, from the motor itself, which you can sometimes not even touch the brake pedal, right? If you're anticipating a stop or you see a light turn red and right. you take your foot off the pedal, your car will slow almost to a dead stop. Well, and, to and touch the brake. with Tesla or Tesla, depending on how you want to say it, that's how it is. You let off the gas. If you let off too abruptly, it's it won't put you through the windshield, but it definitely you feel the brakes being applied when it's not even brakes at all. It's just, what would you want to call it? Um, stopping power. That drag. stopping power. I call it drag. Yeah. <laughs> Dan Sandberg, thank you, brother. I just wanted to get a little update because I know you were on the stampede, as they call it. It was fun. Yeah. All right. We got another hour to go, everybody. Thank you, Dan. Hey, take care, Alan. All right. Be good. We'll be, uh, be back with uh, some other clowns. I don't know who they are, but you'll you'll figure it out on the other side. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Shopping cars online is a hassle, or is it? You probably search this site, that site, browse here, search there. Who has the time or the patience? Autotempest.com is the Internet's best car shopping tool. With one easy search, see all the cars from the web's top car shopping sites all at once. Why browse some of the cars when Autotempest.com gives you everything? Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, here we are in hour two of the show. This hour, we're going to have BJ Colleen, automotive journalist and news uh, news news anchor extraordinaire. Uh, <laughs> bottom of the hour, we'll have Brian Moody from autotrader.com. Brian's going to be talking about uh, why an electric car may be best for you or why a gas car may be best for you. It's a study that they did at Auto Trader. And then also what to do if you're over your miles on your lease. That's in the second half hour of this hour. 
BJ Colleen, in the first hour, Carl Brower went to the New York Auto Show, of which he called the disaster that was the Detroit. You mean auto Detroit? Show. Detroit Auto Show. What yeah. I say, New York? Yes. The yeah. Detroit. Ah, yeah. They run yeah. together. Yeah, my brain. You know, it's like a, I got this gigantic <laughs> thing inside there. It's a kind of a big lump of gray matter. They call it a brain, but it's just not working. But anyway, so he said, yeah, the Detroit Auto Show, it, it was just a disaster. And I, I don't know whether you have any, any news of anything else. His big thing was the Mustang was like, that was like the big thing. And other than that, it was, you know? Yeah, I didn't hear anything good about it. I heard mostly that when the president showed up, it threw all the schedules out of whack. And yeah. it was just, it was not a good deal. So, yeah. and you know, I, I had a pass, but I wasn't going back for a day. It just wasn't worth it. You know, well, you know what? It's the thing about sense. this though, had I decided to go, I would have probably ended up in New York for the New York auto show a couple of months early. <laughs> <laughs> I would have gone, I'm going to the New York auto show. No, it's the Detroit. Oh, well, I'm in New York. Let's go walk around. Yeah, basically the same thing, Detroit, New York. I was in New York and it wasn't really worth it. So yeah. it's uh, it's the end of the auto show. Everybody's going to experiential. I you know, know. They, they mm-hmm. want people's butts in seats and driving the cars. And it's not enough to just look at them anymore. So yeah. Uh, yeah. there may, there may be something to that. You know, I don't know. Who knows? Well, you know, now that you talk about doing things differently, Volkswagen just announced something really interesting with their new ID4 SUV, where they're setting it up so you can go to the dealership, you get a brief walk around with a Volkswagen product specialist, so they're not even asking the sales guys to do it, because the product specialists are trained to know, and then you have an in-person Alexa-guided test drive. So you get in the car, you you connect with Amazon Alexa and then you can talk to her. Hey Alexa, how do I turn on the massage seats or Alexa? Tell me some features about this car. So you don't even need a person anymore. You just need Alexa. Well, it's funny because Alexa is like, isn't that Android kind of based? It's Google. Yeah. Yeah. And so I have Siri with the Apple based, you know, voice that talks to you and I put a British accent on mine. So it's a, (laughs) and it's a British woman accent. But this whole thing about the privacy and all that, and I, I don't know, the older folks don't like these things that you talk to, like Alexa and Siri. A friend of mine, matter of fact, I go, just ask Siri, do He goes, I, I don't do that. I'm like, what do you mean you don't do that? I go, you, you got an iPhone. Why not? That phone watches you when you're in the shower. Don't think it doesn't. And the guy started laughing. He goes, what are you talking about? I said, that phone knows more about you than your wife does. Anyway. So, but it's yeah. true. And you're right. I'm sorry. It wasn't Google. It was Alexa. I mean, it was Amazon. Amazon. Alexa, there it so. goes. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody's buying it, everybody in these days. It is absolutely amazing how they're just taking over. You know, it's, it's funny because they're intended to make your lives easier but they still can screw you over. Like, for example, I have a, a thermostat that's connected to my phone so I can change the temperature through my phone, and right. that's great. But the uh, Nevada Energy, and I know some other companies are doing this, where, hey, give us control of your thermostat, and we'll bring the temperature down when it needs it, and we'll raise it when it doesn't. And when it's cold, we'll put on the heater. And you think, well, that's really great, except this past summer when it was so hot and everybody needed to save power, whoever had that connected to the system – they just shut your system off. So you didn't get any air. I know, and you I couldn't know. override it. 
So it's like, mm, I don't think I'm going to do that. Yeah, see, I just, I mean, you know, I like to turn a knob or push a button and that kind of stuff. All right, let's take a break. Uh, there's a lot okay. of news. BJ Colleen here, automotive journalist extraordinaire, bringing the newsy stuff. Um, I don't know. I still like, you know, getting behind the wheel and kind of learning the car and having to look through the owner's manual. You know, I mean, I know it's easier to ask a computer what to do and have it talk to you. And at some point, we're all just going to be, they'll abort our bodies and keep our brains and they'll just stick us in a, you know, in a jar and we'll think we're living a real life. (laughs) True. Virtual reality. (laughs) We'll take a break. It's the drive. The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Well, thanks again also to Dodge for sponsoring the show, Domestic Not Domesticated Dodge. Um, All I can say is that we wouldn't be here without our sponsors, Subaru and Dodge and our friends at Shell and folks like that. We appreciate all of them. Um, BJ Colleen joining us with some newsy news news from the auto world. What have you next? I like to call this one blow before you go. Uh-oh. So, uh, oh, it's a run- I, I runny nose it's because winter's coming. It's the runny nose season, right? That's what you're talking about. No, it's the drunk driving season. Oh, the there you go. So, yeah, yeah the National around. Transportation Safety Board, or NTSB as we know them, is talking about mandating blood alcohol monitoring systems in your vehicle. So, before you can even start driving your car, you have to going to have to blow into a tube and see if, if you have any alcohol in your system. And uh, the car is going to shut off and it won't let you drive. So well, the question- I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the fence about this. You know, I, I understand that drunk driving is a terrible problem and we want to try to protect it. But again, for those who don't drink or those who, you know, are drink responsibly, now you're saddled with another nanny system in your car right. that you have to do before you can go. And what happens if it malfunctions and you're not drinking and driving and then you're stuck and your car's messed up and. It's just, I don't know. There's got to be a better way to do this than, than well, putting all the nanny systems in here. No, I get it. But listen, if this works and Fauci has anything to do with it, it will be a blow your nose. Hold on. I got <laughs> There. I'm... Okay. So I did the blow before you go. But uh-huh. it'll be so that if you have COVID or monkeypox or chicken feet or whatever, chicken neck or whatever that's coming next, you know. God, then, I don't want chicken feet. I don't want chicken neck. At least I can cover my feet. I guess you can put a scarf on. But, you know, my, I already have hammer toes, you know, so. But, uh, and it's that's why I'm going into construction because I don't even need to have a hammer. I just get up there and put my my toe on the nail and, and anyway How point is, get so far off i don't know it's just too funny but the thing is if you are sick your car won't let you drive either so you got to blow your nose into the thing oh jeez i'm telling you what a crazy world okay so is that actually a thing though 
they're talking about it. They're trying to legislate it in a couple of years. That's what they're saying. You know, you've got to, this is another thing. Now you're adding even more complication to the car. There's yeah. something else that can go wrong. Right. And then you're adding more cost to the vehicle now. So right. it, it's, it's getting to the point where we, people can't afford houses. They soon will not be able to afford cars. Yeah. So it'll be Uber city. I just think, you know, the funniest thing is that, you know, you hear it on the news. Biden's like, you know, buy an electric car. And then what I was shocked to hear that the average price of electric car is like 66,000 bucks. And I thought, how could that be? Because most of these really fancy cars that are coming out, you know, like the who's Audi's got theirs and Mercedes has got theirs and, you know, Rivian. And these are like 80,000, a hundred thousand, a hundred ten thousand dollars for the, you know, the, what's the one, the, the, the new lucid air, you know, mm-hmm. you could spend $125,000. And so if you average that out with the, the few of the electric cars that are cheaper, the average price is like 66000 I thought, my God, that is insanity. Well, so, the average price of a gas-powered car is about 48000 now. Yeah, but still 48 and 66 I can, you know, it used to be you could buy a brand new car for that twenty grand differential right there, you know? Yep. So yep. and you still can. They are they do have cars that are in that price range, but I don't know. Just to me the whole thing is a little Looney Tunes, you know? I don't know. Yeah, it's I don't know. I, I keep saying this. I'm very happy I'm at the age I am because if I was twenty, I wouldn't want to keep going. No, if you were twenty, you'd want a Tesla. Come on. No, 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 no. <laughs> Although you find that, you know, the, the the interesting thing is remember the the Scion, which was made by Toyota. They made these cars, and Jim Farley, who's right now the president and CEO of Ford Motor Company, was leading the Scion brand. He was the head of marketing or something, and he used to come on the show with you and me, right? You bet. Absolutely. Right. And they made those cars because they wanted a car for young people. And who bought them? Older people. The average age was like 43 and it was older people that bought it. They wanted the 20-somethings to buy it, and the 40-somethings were buying it. Similar to, I think, what's going on in the electric car world. The young people, they're like cool with electric cars because they're computers and everything's electric. And But who are buying them? I don't know. Not many because I think, what is it? How many single digit is what's selling in electric cars in comparison to all the you know internal combustion ice, as they say, internal combustion engines. So yeah. I don't know. I mean... It, who knows? The market will decide. And I feel that, you know, another few years, the market's going to go. It'll make this exact noise. This is the market making this exact noise. There you go. We'll take a break. It's the drive. Stay with us. Just to waste my time with you. Tell me all that you thrown away. Stay tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor. Discover the 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability, plus a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com slash wilderness this is the drive with alan taylor 
The show brought to you in part by the new Blow and Go for the Monkeypox. Uh, it's a brand new product that's out, and uh, BJ's working on test driving it right now. So blow your nose. If you're sick, you cannot drive. This is It's called the Blow and Go. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, it's going to stop you from driving with NyQuil too. So, That's right. you know, no cold, no colds, no nothing. So, it's crazy stuff. Okay, right. BJ Colleen, automotive journalist extraordinaire, news and newsy news in the auto industry. What else? Okay, now here's one that I think is interesting. It's the EV also, but General Motors is teaming up with Hertz to expand the number of electric vehicles oh, available for the rental car company. Right. They're talking about 175,000 EVs are going to sell over the next five years. That's great. Okay. Here's the question. Do I have to bring the car back fully charged? Ah, that's right. Because where am I charging it if I'm staying at a hotel? And what if there's 40 other people with electric vehicles? Where are they charging at the hotel? Right. And is, who's paying for the electric charge at the hotel? That's right. And will the hotel have enough electric chargers? And what if I, so now, now when I drive across country, if I take it across state, I've got to stop every half an hour to charge it up. And who's paying for that? It's just, there's no forethought. I mean, it's like, let's just do this now. Nobody ever stops to go, let's think about five years in the future. What's going to happen? What do we have to do to make this work five years in the future? But that's not how they're thinking now. No. And it just makes me crazy. I'm sorry. Well, and yes, they cannot mandate private businesses to have charging stations. So a hotel, even if it's a chain, it's not government owned. It's it's privately owned. So um, it could be on the stock exchange. It's still privately owned. It's not owned by the government. So they can't make them put charging stations. So the question is, because to retrofit is going to be hugely expensive for these hotels, large or small. Yep. So when you do new construction, now you can go ahead and, you know, figure it in. But the uh, retrofit for the infrastructure needed to do this is going to be ridiculous so you're going to be going to hotels there'll be construction all the parking lots are going to be torn up then they're going to say you know the new ones are going to go, oh you don't have to do anything all our parking spaces are hands-free wireless charging the only problem is if a cat goes under your car while it's charging and you back up and the cat has no fur on it anymore and it runs away a naked cat or it's sitting there like a like a fried chicken under the car. <laughs> well, let's go. Let's take this a step further. All right. So let's say you're doing and you're very funny. I agree. You drive over this electric pad. OK, because that's what they're doing right in the ground. You got this electric pad in the ground. Right, right. Now it snows and it's raining. OK, so you get in the car, you like shock to this, you get electric shock. <laughs> right, or right. If the snow covers the pad, can you not get it charged? And now you got to sweep the snow out from underneath your car before you can park your car. Oh, God. It's just like it's, it's just there's no there's no thought process that goes into this. It's just crazy. I'll yet. tell you what. And, 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 you know, your favorite hotel, Motel 6, right? <laughs> right. The Notel Motel. How many are they putting in? No, but the best thing is I'm going into remote camera installations for all the hotels. You know why? Because. Why? That is going to be the biggest moneymaker is when somebody goes out there and they're walking across the parking lot and they get close to their car and it's raining and all of a sudden they go. <laughs> and everybody will pay to see these people frying next to their car. So, yeah, but they got to have cameras first to catch all that. God, so you're talking about TikTok. Yeah, well, whatever. TikTok, you know, wherever they're going to play their videos of fried people. 
You know, <laughs> it's unbelievable how ridiculous all this is. But listen, I we got to talk about it because is the electric car the answer? Is it the solution no. to the world's problems? No, no. no. Hydrogen. 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 Yes. Hydrogen is a much better answer. But hybrids, you know, right? Yes. Hybrid vehicles. But the thing is that they are the, the politicization of all this stuff is making yes. it's driving everybody insane. We just want to get from where we are right now to where our appointment is or our job. And I don't want to be told what I have to drive. I don't, I just I don't, I want to drive what the heck I want. So every day, a little bit of freedom's chipping away every single day, you know? Yeah, so know. you don't realize it until you get to the end and you're like, what did I say yes to? And now this is where you are. Yeah. So no, it's true. It is what it is. You know, I don't know. Supposed to do? I have a, a friend yeah. that uh, was sick and tired of cars and he, he rented, he did, he rented one of these funny skateboards with one big wheel in the middle. Have you seen those? Oh, yeah, those are cool. They're like yeah. electric skateboards. And so he thought, I can get around with one of these things, you know. What do you think happened? He's, you know, he's too long. No, 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 he wasn't that lucky because then they would owe him for insurance, <laughs> right? He's six foot three, maybe six foot four guy, big guy, you know, in his 50s. And uh, he's tooling along at like probably 15 miles an hour and he hits a rock. Right. A little rock, but it was enough to send him sailing. He broke his hip. Right. Oh. So now, yeah, but it gets better. He broke his hip and then he had a blood clot that went into his lung and he, he went into uh, a coma. Then he had a blood clot in his brain. Yeah. This is because he was going nuts with all these stuff and he thought he had a better way. This is America right now. This better way, this electric car is like a blood clot in my brain right now. I just want to drive my old classic car. BJ, thank you. Thanks, Alan. Um, all right, coming up next, Brian Moody. Uh, he's got uh, information on why electric cars are best for you in 2023. And also uh, why a gas-powered car might be best for you. And then, of course, what to do if you're over your lease miles. Oh, God forbid. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Getting a new ride is fun. Shopping online for a new car? Not so much. Stop doing the same car search over and over again on multiple sites and try Autotempest.com. See all the cars with one easy search. Our powerful search engine scours all the top car shopping sites, giving you instant results so you can easily browse all the listings with one search. Whether a dream ride, a family hauler, or a work truck, let us help you find your next ride. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. And a big thanks goes out to Subaru for sponsoring the show. Love. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. And joining me right now from autotrader.com. Autotrader.com is the executive editor, Brian Moody. How you doing, Brian? Yes, they're not booing, Alan. They're chanting Moody, Moody. It just sounds like they're booing. <laughs> that must have happened to you one time or something in high school. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. No, when it happened to me, they actually were booing, and I made that story up to make myself feel better. <laughs> 
Okay, let's see. I don't know that I've ever been booed, but uh, I can imagine it wouldn't be fun. All right, so, you know, there's all this, you know, to do about electric cars. And I know that you guys at Auto Trader have done a study. The electric cars are best in 2023, it says. So it must be. So electric cars are best in 2023. What does that mean? So here's what we did. We took two opposing viewpoints and wrote two specific articles about why electric cars are best in 2023. And then I wrote Ah. one about why gas-powered cars are best in 2023. I see. We linked them them to each other. So if you disagree with one or agree with the other, you can read the other one and then leave comments and that kind of stuff. All right. Well, Um, in my notes, the guy who wrote... in, in my notes, the it just says... The guy who wrote the electric one, he, he did yeah. a good job. All right, because I was like, what does that mean? Electric cars are best in 2023. That means they're coming out with a, a new version or something. But the word why, why electric cars are best in 2023. Now, see, I'm now, now I'm, I'm game to understand what you're gonna about to talk about. So two stories, yeah. and they're both at autotrader.com. Well, let's uh, yes. have at it. Actually, autotrader.com slash oversteer. Go to that and you'll see these particular pieces. So the guy who wrote the, you know, the electric car, he did a good job. And and he makes some valid points. One of the reasons why electric cars are better, and this doesn't account for the cost to buy it, but over the long haul, they do cost less to operate. So electricity is, for most people, is going to be less expensive. The maintenance for an electric car is going to be less expensive and when you factor in a federal tax credit, it could end up being, you know, cheaper to operate. But FYI, right. not everybody gets a $7,500 tax break. It depends on how much tax you owe. Right. They don't just write you a check at the end of the year. If, if you owe tax, you can reduce your tax burden by that much by buying an electric car. But you're not going to just get a check from the government. That's something to keep in mind. Right, but right. The point is well taken. They are less expensive to operate over a long period of time. And electric cars are fun to drive. Some of them are very quick. For example, the Kia EV6 GT, not anything exotic. It's about forty-five dollars to $50,000. Zero to 60 in less than 3.5 seconds. So just in less wow. than a decade ago, that kind of speed was... I mean, well, almost unattainable. It was my Viper 2016, and I thought that was faster than snot. I mean, that's crazy. Are you kidding me? Right. This is a Kia. This is a Kia. <laughs> I know. So, it's crazy. You know, and the Hyundai Ioniq 5 also really quick. Now, of course, Teslas are quick, but those are also very expensive. So right. in the $50,000 range, you can get a really quick car, and they are fun to drive. So that's a fair statement. Yes. The next concern about electric cars or the next reason why maybe they could be best for you is that a lot of the, uh, let's say, disagreements about them are maybe overblown. There's no place to charge. Well, we know that 80% of people who charge up their electric car right now charge them up at home. That's not going to work long term because we need to have charging stations out in the world. Charging up at home assumes that you have a home and that you're able to afford a home. Many people in big cities like to live in apartments, right? Not because that's all they can afford, high rise. because that's how they choose to live. That's right. Yeah, and those people are wealthy, but they, it doesn't matter how wealthy they are. They're not going to get an electric car charger installed in their building unless they own the building. Hmm. 
Well, these are good points that people kind of forget about, I think. And I think that our government forgets about them a lot of times, too, with this these mandates that are a little bit crazy. But, you know, uh, then again, I think our governors, the ones that are, you know, like the what's the one in California? These like no more gas engines by 2035. I don't know. Is he going to be in power then? And we've had this conversation. That's the problem is so much of it is being politicized and that's the sad part but that's why it's important yeah. for uh, auto trader and folks like you guys to do these studies Continue. right so one of the things that i thought was kind of bothersome is that like so we wrote these two articles and i can talk about the gas powered one why i think gas powered cars are better right now but we wrote those two articles and immediately some of the comments were like well you know if you have an electric car you know you must be some kind of a you know democratic this or that that's not the case. It's not just that simple. You know, like life is way more complicated than that. Right. And having the discussion on both sides is important because it shows that things are more complicated than that. You know? Yeah. Well, what's funny about it is it used to be that if you drove a Prius, you were a like a vegan. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And the, the Priuses, I mean, listen, they were actually, and still are, they're fantastic cars. There's nothing wrong with they them. They are, yeah. They get great gas much. I think we should be talking about hybrids more, honestly. I know, honest, seriously. And the funny thing is, though, it's like um, my dad had this little T-Bird, a 2002 Thunderbird, and he passed away a year ago or so. And, and so when it came time, I wanted that car. I love the 2002 Thunderbird. It only had like yeah. 28,000 miles on it. So um, so I bought it, and I, and I love it, and I drove it down to Pebble Beach, and I see a bunch of my friends with their, you know, fancy clothes on and driving in their, I'm sure, very expensive cars, and here I am in this Thunderbird, which I'm loving it. I'm smiling. My top's down. Yeah. One of my friends yeah. yells at me. He yells at me from Ocean Avenue in Carmel, and I'm at a stop sign. He goes, hey, you're driving your mother's car, right? I mean, it's like, come on. Why do you have to do that to me, you know? <laughs> and why do we have to do that to people in Priuses or electric cars? It's just silly. Yeah. Just drive what the heck you want to drive. But anyway, continue. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. For sure. So let me just hold on. Let me just take a break here. Hold on. They're yelling. They're like, take a break, take a break, take a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we can talk about the gasoline-powered cars. Absolutely. Yes. Why gas-powered cars are best in 2023. This is called uh, Dr. Dog Distant Light. I had to play it. You know I had to play it. We'll take a break. Be right back. Why should you trust Brembo Brakes? Because 60 years of racing, testing, braking, and bettering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels, and that kid chasing the lost ball. Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety, and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit buybrimbo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking. It is The Drive. Ryan Moody joining us. He's got a couple of stories uh, at autotrader.com. And it's slash what, Brian? What was it again? Autotrader.com slash oversteer. Oversteer. Okay. It's why electric cars are going to be best in 2023. And the other story, and they're linked to each other, is why gas-powered cars 
are going to be best in 2023. Um, so let's talk about why do you think gas-powered cars are going to be best for people in 2023? Well, we have to say up front, there are some very, very good electric cars. BMW yeah. iX, yeah. the Kia EV6, the Nissan Aria, all really good cars. Yep. I think if the average person were to drive an electric car, the average American, I think they would really like it. But this is what they need. They need something the size of a Toyota Highlander with a base price in the high $30,000 range and topping out at fifty. That's not what we have. Right. Uh, we have two cars that are affordable, the Bolt and the Leaf, and those are about $30,000. Then it's 40000 plus for everything else. Today, there are at least 10 gas-powered new cars with a price tag of around $20,000. That's where we need to be with electric cars, too. So one reason why gas-powered cars are better is because they're just more affordable. That's the first thing. But also, gas is easy to get, and you know uh, that's going to be the case for a very long time. I really like the idea of hydrogen-powered cars because it mimics the refueling process of a gasoline-powered car without the harm of exhaust or whatever. So you go to a station, you gas it up with hydrogen. It takes about you know eight minutes or so, whereas with an electric car, they're saying like, oh, it only takes 40 minutes. 40 minutes at a refueling station? Come on, I don't want to be there that long. I'm going to be there like five minutes. I know. So gas is better because the gas is available. It's quick and easy to get. The other thing that I notice with the gas electric discussion is hybrids are a really great solution. You mentioned the Prius earlier. I don't know why that's not part of the conversation as a sort of a roadmap to electrification. You know, today we have cars like Hyundai's that are hybrids, and they get close to 60 miles per gallon. Right. And so 40, 50, 60 miles per gallon is not uncommon. I feel like we're having a discussion about electric cars without even considering what would it look like if 50% of the cars on the road, or 30%, or 20%, or whatever percent, were all cars getting 80 miles per gallon or better. Because here's what I've noticed, and you tell me if you agree. Whenever someone has an objection to electric cars, I hear the word gonna a lot. How do I recycle the batteries? Is that safe for the environment? How is a four and a half ton, 1,000 horsepower truck better for the resources, saving the environment? Well, you know, the technology's gonna catch up. Gonna, gonna, gonna. Why don't we give the same benefit of the doubt to gasoline? Gasoline technology has been improving over all these years, better emission controls better miles per gallon thanks to hybrids. What does it look like in 50 years when we have hybrids? Is it, are we talking 80 to 100 miles per gallon? At least let's have the conversation. It feels like we never do have that conversation. It's yeah. all or nothing. Yes, yeah. I, agree. I agree. Don't you feel like that the conversation is <laughs> yeah. electric or nothing? Like right? there's no in-between with these people. See, and I would buy a hybrid. There's no question about it. I have no problem. My son-in-law just got a 2021 F-150 hybrid, four-wheel drive, and it's got a V6, you know, when it's not, you know, on the battery. But, you know, yeah. the first little bit of uh, driving around town is is electric. And he has a generator when he's on a job site. He's a contractor. I mean, it's just, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. But that's probably right. why they're passing over the top of it. They're like, oh, you know, that may stick. And then that means there's still internal combustion engines. We just want electric. The problem is well, that if there's an emergency, look, last week, Biden and the Russian dude, I can't think of his name, Putin, 
are over there mm. arguing back and forth with their fingers hovering over a red button. Nuclear. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's some scary stuff. And all of a sudden, let's say they they uh, just for fun. I mean, let's just let me just be a, a complete geek for a minute. Let's say they hit our power grid. Then you can't charge your car, your you know your your electric car, but you can always get a gallon of gas. You can't get a gallon of electricity. So I, if I look at the perilous times our world is in, I think to myself, yeah, I kind of like having options. So a hybrid gives me those options. Right, and along those lines, I think one of the things we're not talking about is that like increased electricity use may actually harm the environment. Yeah, uh, Bloomberg. Bloomberg says this, this is a quote, by 2050, when Biden wants the entire economy to be carbon free, we would need up to four additional South Dakotas, states the size of South Dakota, just to develop enough clean power to run all the electric vehicles and factories. That's a lot of land. Yeah, that's a lot of land. And then also the L.A. Times published an article, the electric car revolution designed to save the planet may inflict a big toll on the planet. Well, we have to at least talk about these things because other publications are. Yeah. No, no, I agree. I think it's important. And people need to have, you know, a little bit of kind of uh, point, counterpoint kind of thing. That's what you're doing with this why electric cars yeah. are best for you in 2023 and why a gas power car may be best for you in 2023. And those stories are linked at Auto Trader backslash Brian Moody, Moody, Moody. I think that's what it was, right? Autotrader.com slash oversteer. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> okay. Um, we'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what do I do if I'm over my lease miles? Oh, my gosh. I have had that question asked to me a thousand times. So autotrader.com is where you can find so many things. Yes. Brian is the executive editor. Brian, thanks for uh, doing the show. It's always fun to talk to you. And yeah. um, let's see. Here comes the music. Um, well, let's see here. What am I supposed to do? Oh, yeah. I'm supposed to say our show brought to you in part by Subaru. Thanks to Subaru for sponsoring the show. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Man, I'll tell you what. My head is somewhere else today. Um I happen to be an internal combustion engine guy. Everybody knows that. So I'll just make sure I put that disclaimer out there. I don't like electric cars, but that doesn't mean I wouldn't drive one if I had to. There you go. We'll be right back. The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Listening to The Drive, I'm Alan Taylor. Brian Moody joining us, executive editor, autotrader.com. The big question is, what do you do if you're over your lease miles? Well, Brian's got some news for you. Brian Moody, autotrader.com. What do you think, Brian? Well, there's a few things you can do. The first thing is, if you're planning on leasing another car, 
you can maybe turn the car in early. So they're going to charge you per mile if you're over miles on your lease because most leases have an allowance of miles. I think in the past couple of years, there probably were a lot of people that were under their miles because they weren't driving as much because of COVID. But now as we kind of, you know, things are open back up, that sort of thing, this could be an issue. I would say turn the car in early. That's one of the things that you can do. And they're not going to charge you. If you come back and say, they'll often send you a notice in the mail saying, hey, did you want to lease another Honda or another Nissan? Then you turn it in and get early and then you get the new one and they're not going to charge you for the miles. If you just turn it in and walk away, they're probably going to charge you for almost everything. That's kind of the trick. So, um, but another thing you can do yeah. is just buy the car. Ah, well, some people, you know, can't afford to do that. So let's say they can't afford to do it. They can't afford to buy it. And, you know, but I mean, you, I guess you could, yeah, you can finance it. And so even if you can't afford to cash it out, you still just finance it. And, um, that takes care of that. You call up and you find out what your payoff is. And, um, but what if it's like gas is five, six bucks a gallon, interest rates are up. You're thinking I can ride a moped to work. And you just, you, you're just going to get rid of the car. You're kind of in trouble in that case once you're over you the lease. You could do mile. that. Yep. Get the moped and let the car sit for those extra two months and see if you can't be closer oh, to the mile by not driving it. Right. Well, and most people know. They know they're over their miles at a certain point within, like you, I think you, you kind of hit the nail on the head, within two or three months of them having to turn it back, they're looking down at their odometer and they're going, uh-oh. You know, I was only allowed, what is it, 12,000 miles or whatever, 24, 36,000 miles, and I got an extra 10,000. Sometimes you got to bite the bullet, but most people have to have transportation, so I think you're right. Just go in and talk moped. to them. Moped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> either a moped or go in and talk to them, you know, because a lot of times yeah. they want to sell another car. They make they money. Do, and they want, that's the thing is, they want your clean, low miles or reasonably low miles leased car so you could maybe even go to a different dealership and trade it in yeah. and see like what the value of the car is it could be that the value of the car is such that the that the fee for the miles isn't going to matter to you or them and honestly you could also just bite the bullet and pay the fee yeah. you know yeah well here's one other one and i don't think either one of us gave much thought to this if you're within say two months of turning your car in and you've got a, a big mileage knock coming in other words, they're going to charge you thousands of yeah. dollars. Maybe call up and find out what your payoff is. Advertise the car on autotrader.com and just try and sell it for what the payoff is or a little bit more. You could. Because yeah. the used car market is hot, like you said a little while ago. And uh, you yeah. just have to have, you know, your, your payoff information and all that stuff. And, you know, that's another option to have because some people just feel like they're completely, there's no way out. But there's always a way out. There's always a way out. Anyway. There's also sites that you can go on and forums and chats. If you have a certain kind of a car, you can go on and trade your lease with someone else. Some, you know, financing institutions will allow that. Some won't allow that. But this is the main thing that with leasing is that it's a contract. So before you go about doing any of these things that I've suggested, check your contract. Yep. You can go to sites like Swap a Lease. And ah. lease quit. Those are some transferable leases. But find out what your contract says first. Then you know what your options are. All right. Final question. We know that they have showed the new Mustang for 2024. Have you seen photos of it? Did You didn't go to the Detroit Auto Show, did you? 
I did not. Oh, boy, me neither. I was thinking. But kudos I, to Mustang for sticking with, hey, it's going to have a V8 for I the next, know. you know, several. I know. Did Good you, for them. Did you get any feeling of uh, when you first saw it, when they unveiled it, the 2024 Mustang, did you go, ooh, that looks a little bit like this car or that car? I'm just curious. Just curious. In the rear quarter, my daughter actually said this. My 16-year-old daughter said, it looks like a Camaro. In the ah, yeah, there you go. That's what everybody's saying. Oh, no. Oh, no. But the no. front looks uniquely Mustang, and it looks like a, a fresh, new, uh, you know, uh, take on the, on the Mustang. The other thing to consider is, okay, maybe it looks like a, a little bit of a Camaro in the back. How much longer is the Camaro going to be around? I we haven't know. had that discussion yet. <laughs> I know. Well, that's another show. All right, that's it for me this week. And Brian, thank you very much. Autotrader.com. Yep. You can find all this information and a whole lot more. If you want to buy or sell something, check out Autotrader.com. Brian Moody, thank you, sir. Later. All right, later, everybody. We'll see you next week right here on The Drive. Discover the 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability. Plus, a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com wilderness.